All right, welcome to Now This Is Podcasting. This is uh, part two of our review of The Witch. Hopefully you were able to catch part one, where we mostly talked about uh, the look of the film, the performances, uh, the score, just kind of the the bare bones. But uh, I hope you are excited to uh, continue and uh, listen to our discussion on uh, The Witch part two. Uh, this episode is going to dive more into archetypes, uh, motifs, kind of symbols. What do... Kind of what's the subtext between each character? Yeah, between, theories. Yeah, yeah, theory stuff like that. Yeah, uh, the deep shit. Yeah, so I think early, if you listen to our first episode, it was kind of just kind of giving you a base of what the characters are, uh, really kind of describing mostly like the actors and how they're doing in it and uh, shots of the f- shots that take place, uh, lighting, sound, just kind of the look of the film. And this is this is about the subtext of it. Like, what are we actually getting out of this film? Yeah, like what is it really other yeah. than just uh, family drama? Cause, yeah, I mean, a lot getting, of things are just that. We're going past the surface here, boys. Yeah. yeah. Some films are designed in such a way that the, this is the point. And I, and I think it's interesting to think about how why Re- Re- Robert Ayers is such a great filmmaker is uh, – I don't, know, I don't know if you can say that, that one is more the point than the other. Is it, is it about the family drama or is it about the, the motifs and symbols and all of the themes underlying it? What really is the point that he's going for? Pretty sure it's about a witch. Yeah, exactly. It's about a witch, but what is the witch saying? What does the witch mean? Yeah, what is, it's not the witch just has a has no lines. Which makes it even more scary. That's I think. true. Yeah. yeah the witch right. isn't saying much. Yeah, the goat has I, more lines. I mean, just to give a Whoa. little... I'm going to give a little tease to what I think. I, I think this movie is not about witches at all. No. That's, that's going to be a tease to my theory at the end. Cause I, I think the, witch yeah, I think it's not about witches either. I think it's a, a witch. I, I'm just saying, I I'm think, just kidding. No, I think it's no, about a lot of, I think, I think witches have nothing to do with this film. I think they're just kind of a setting to bring you to like this kind of horrific, uh, uh, anxiety inducing, uh, state, but that's my tease. That's my tease. So we'll, we'll get to our theories and stuff at the end. I think first off, uh, some of the kind of like maybe archetypes, archetypes and symbols we want to start with is uh, I want to talk about the hairs. So, yeah, so you want to start with hairs because I think that's it's fascinating that he decided to use the archetype of hairs, knowing full well that the archetype doesn't really transfer over to American uh, collective unconscious the way it exists in uh, Britain. Yeah, so I actually found a, a good article. It talks about rabbits' hairs have long been associated with the moon and witchcraft in European folklore. Uh, rabbits off and uh, exist as a um, in like Ireland and like Scottish folklore. Uh, they're commonly believed to be associated with witches in terms of their shape shifting. Yeah, and that's kind of what has been introduced into this film because you see this hair like in a couple different scenes. And I think uh, if you have that kind of back knowledge of what a hair is and what it means in terms of like kind of paganism and witchcraft, you could assume that this is. This is one of the. This is a witch. I think it's the witch. Yeah, and you know what's yeah. also also crazy is that the idea of the uh, of uh, the hair extends even further, like from the witch's Sabbath. There's actually like hairs will be observed to be gathered around, staring up at the moon. Very similar to the way, obviously, that the film ends as a witch's Sabbath because they're all hairs staring up at the moon wow that's wild i didn't come across that that's, yeah isn't that's it? actually that's cool yeah that's i thought that was so i wonder if so that's crazy. on purpose like if robert yeah. ever knew that yeah or? he did oh okay that's yeah cool. exactly that's the whole point is like then when he mentioned in the commentary specific he's like yeah you know that hairs don't like people ask me it's like you know what's the what's up with the with the fucking bunnies like um he's like i just what's up doc google witches and hairs <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
Bad joke. Bad I can't joke. help it, dude. You can't just like throw it up there. Like, we're we're just both, we're all lobbing softballs for Jake. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> but yeah, so I thought I thought hairs are so so interesting because it's not something that I recognize as being like evil, malignant, or anything other than a cartoon character really that's how i think of them in the americans uh uh collective unconscious yeah thumper mm-hmm. yeah. that's yeah. what i think of i don't think of bugs bunny i think of have you guys seen uh watershed down oh yeah that's the one where the rabbits all kill each other yeah no fuck that it's movie, bro. A, that movie's it, wild we movie's, should we should do a review on i that. do not ever want to watch that so we, <laughs> we shouldn't should. that means that we have to because like, <laughs> there will be a a, a controversy yeah. Controversy. Plus, you know, like if, if something <laughs> that, that, that movie haunted me as a child. Dude. I'm just saying. It, I've told my mom that, uh, like, whenever I'm like, oh man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like stressed out about this situation. It must be something from my childhood. It's because my mom made me watch Watership Down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that movie's brutal. It's crazy. There's a CGI version of it that came out on Netflix a couple years ago. Really? Yeah, Why? it's like a series. Eey. Yeah, it's it's something. Stop. Uh, so sorry to get off on that, uh, to get more, uh, I talked about the kind of like kind of pagan aspect of the hair. Yeah. Uh, but there's a, uh, verse in, uh, Leviticus and it says the hair, because it chews the cud and does not part the hoof is unclean to you. So I think it's cool. There's also like a biblical kind of reference to how the hair is like unclean. It, it's not something that a, like a good Christian would, would, would eat. It's not something they would take part in. So they have a they have a uh, a kind of an archetype in the in kind of pagan beliefs, but then they also have like a a meaningful existence in like a biblical reference. And so I think it's cool to kind of have those juxtaposed because no matter what, our characters should be like opposed to hairs, no matter what, because they either represent uh, something that's pagan or they represent something that's unclean. Are you hungry? You hungry, bro? You're gonna eat that rabbit. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's interesting that you bring up paganism as well because the the like nature worship being such a big part of pagan uh belief systems and how that's again we mentioned in part one how the the idea of the oppressive nature of the wilderness around them and how that reflects uh their attitudes towards paganism towards witches and how nature literally is a uh uh, an archetype and like the you know they we won't be conquered by this land but they, they can't grow crops and uh, they can't hunt they're not like allowed to go into the woods and yeah exactly and so i think it's it's so interesting thinking about how those are mirrored in each other the the the, the nature the oppressive nature uh, the oppressiveness of nature is akin to paganism and their attitudes towards it hmm. and this is not to say like talk bad about paganism this is more in like i guess the from the lens of puritanical yeah. society. It's it's through the context of this film, like what paganism means in this film. That's not to like knock our, our witches and warlocks out there. Yeah, exactly. Um, or druids. Yeah. Whatever you want to call yourselves. Uh, You're I a just, wizard, Harry. <laughs> I just also think it's neat. It's like a, the spirit of a rabbit is only vulnerable to silver bullets. That's like kind of the... The, the I wondered, surrounding them. Yeah, and I kind of wondered if the silver chalice. I was going to say, like, like, did he just turn the thing into a bullet? Is that why the gun didn't fire well? Yeah, that's. I I thought that was. I thought that was so interesting that well, they, he couldn't kill it because he didn't have a silver bullet. Oh yeah, like and that's that. because he also got rid of the silver chalice. That's my favorite line. If you listen to our first episode, is when he's trying to shoot and he says, "I'll fire upon it." <laughs> so he's trying to shoot at the at the hair. And, and the and gun so, yeah. blows up into his fucking eyeball. And so I think, yeah, you could. Dude's world's worst hunter. Yeah. <laughs> the rabbit is standing there. 
but but again, I think you could take that as that's whatever magic is surrounding. Oh, absolutely, this creature. It's not that he's a bad hunter. It's I that mean, hey, this, the fact, this rabbit was never going to be shot in the first place. If your dog is barking at a rabbit and the rabbit is just sitting there, leave that rabbit the fuck alone. Also, th- this is not a creature I've ever s- associated with like being creepy or scary. Yeah. For whatever reason, when it's just sitting there and it's like little noses moving and it's uh, rabbit eyes are now the. Uh, to me, the creepiest thing besides goat eyes. Yeah, goat oh, eyes yeah. are disgusting. Goat eyes are crazy. Uh, this rabbit, this hair looks that uh, with and it has a lot to do, I think, with the score and the setting that you see this hair in. Yeah, that but, slow zoom really creates so much ominous atmosphere. The rabbit might be the best actor in the movie. Dude, you think Black Phillip's the best actor? I thought. I do. Yeah. One and two. One and two. It's a one A one B type situation. It's <laughs> they're it's, best friends probably. Yeah, so back field by committee. Right. I just like to imagine the rabbit just riding on Black Phillip on his horns, like just <laughs> chilling. Well, that would be Dude, the case gotta, because goats and witches. Yeah. yeah. We got to commission yeah. a uh, an artist to do that <laughs> thumbnail on this episode. <laughs> That's a great. Uh, but yeah, I, again, I, I just think it's like a it's a testament to the filmmaking to make a a, a slow zoom on a rabbit look really creepy. Mm-hmm. I think it, it it builds to the aesthetic of this. I think it fits so well, and and I mean, good on. Robert Eggers, he, that that guy Good can job, make, that guy can make a film. Yeah, and too, and like like with goats, I think goats are a fascinating archetype, especially when we think of uh, depictions of the devil, you know, and those eyes being so creepy. You know, there's actually no physical description of Satan in the Bible, right? Which I think is it's fascinating because it's uh, like why is he always depicted as a goat with cloven hooves and uh, with horns? Where does this this like why are goats so strongly with uh, associated with witches in art? Like what they're they're like riding goats through the air in witches Sabbath? Like wh- like why? Like where where does all of this come from? And like you also have like the icon of Bahamut, which is like endorsed by the Knights Templar and also features prominently in like devil depiction. But like how did why, you say that? Did... Sorry, I always I thought it was Bahamut. I, I might be saying it. A, I like, might be saying it as really dumb American. No, it's it's Baphomet. There's also a Bahamut that I I really struggle with uh, with saying Baphomet the right way because it. Sorry, I didn't mean yeah. to cut you off. I just no, want to make sure right. we were talking about the same thing because I literally I was like, what is that thing? It's that Baphomet guy. And I was literally googling it as soon as you said it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another kind of uh, a part of your kind of goat symbolism that yeah. is a big part of, uh, you know, it's associated with like Satanism and stuff like yeah. that and paganism. It's excellent. Like and it's like, and it's like, why were, why was the devil always depicted with fawn like features in Christian art? It feels, it's just really something that's borrowed, it feels like from uh, Greek mythology. There's no reason to it. We're about to get into apples. So. I mean, yeah, let's uh, keep the ball rolling. Yeah, that's that's great. Um, uh, the apple plays a big role in uh, that. Um, oh my god, I almost said circumcision scene. No, that is so exorcism. Wrong. It's the exorcism, exorcism scene. Yeah. As a Christian, he was circumcised a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the scene with Caleb, where he's he's, and boy oh boy, does he have some great dialogue. There's there starts. Uh, you talk about like being like kissed, uh, kissing the cheek of God or something. No, like that. I kiss me with the kisses of thy lips. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, and I and I lay on the lap of God. He has like just this amazing like uh, kind of bit of like very biblical dialogue, which is uh, wonderful. And like I said, yeah. this is the scene where he he you know, pukes up the apple, and I gag every time. Uh, I love that because to me, it's like um, it's kind of reintroducing the lie that originally happened, where they said they went into the woods to find apples. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and it also represents sin in nature. Yeah. So I think yeah, it's that. Huh? I think it's that. Not only is it like the apple is like the first sin, you know, taking the apple from the or the fruit of the tree of life or whatever tree mm-hmm. of uh, knowledge of good and evil. Right. It's it's reintroducing that original sin that they had where they they lied about going into the woods. He were going in to hunt. Yep. And then Caleb kind of covers for his dad William, and he's like, "Oh no, we were just looking for apples. I thought I saw one." And so him puking that up, I think, is just like that kind of sin being thrown back in their face. And I love that. It as disgusting as it is. Yeah, also, which is which is dig on apples too. It was a big thing for them. If you ever seen the movie Snow White, I thought the same thing. Holy heck! I yeah. never made that connection. Yeah, That's the so poison, good. the poison apple. I think uh, that is as well like um, a, a a bit of a biblical lore in Snow White. I actually think of it like we've talked about Carl Jung a lot before, and we've talked about uh, animal expression. On. Are we getting? Are, we are you getting, getting on the Carl Jung train? Just for a moment, <laughs> just one round. Of, let's go. Go! Go! All right, conduct us, Calvin. All right, so we're on. We're on the Jung train. So, so the thing is, is like when we talk about um, archetypes and we think of Eve as being sexual desire, like that's what's happening here. Like it's not only uh, original sin here, it's also his sexual desire, what led him into the witch's hovel and what ultimately led to him being, I, I, I assume to being bewitched. I mean, that's what, I think that's that's very strongly implied. Oh, I don't um, think there's like any... Yeah, he didn't go in there to have a cup of tea. You know? Yeah, exactly. But that's like, but that's the thing. It's it's so there's so much of that the uh, sexual desire built into the apple, and it's also the same thing. Like Thomason, um, uh, she cradles him uh, when they're by the river and says, "I saw no apple tree in the valley. I so wish for one." And then she like bites his head, which I think is really interesting yeah. when you think about the the like his sexual lust and her pointing that out to him. Like yeah. with through talking about apples. I also like, um, I think I said in our first episode that uh, Caleb kind of recites that sort of like, not not prayer. I don't know what it is. He's, he's reciting kind of like the. Uh, it is, that, I would say. Yeah. It's like that Adam's sin is the first sin and that it's a, it's a nature that dwells within them, this like sinful nature. And so like we had talked about before, it's like, so he's looked at Thomason in kind of a sexual way, a lustful way. And so now he's able to kind of like fulfill that lust with the witch. And yeah. kind of the apple. That's why her uh, boobs are so big. Yeah, the apple represents that. Like, She's that actually, lust. so that's an interesting casting choice that he chose. He specifically wanted a model because he said, I don't, I don't want an actor. I want, because he'd actually done, Robert Akers had done a lot of work with, uh, with models as a, a part of the, uh, like his uh, stage uh, experience earlier in his career. And he's like, I want a model because they don't have to be told what to do. They are just always on doing exactly what she did. Very, um, you know, poised, um, drawing you in just with the movement of the body, which is so different than like an actor being told, what's my motivation? Like, I just want you to be yourself. You're a model, be a model. Right. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I have and one more. gross hand. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. When, when it creeps out, it's like yeah. the, yeah, it's the old lady. Just like, back, it yeah. totally reminded me of like fossil raptor. Apparently my hands are immune. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, okay. Do we want to talk about the, the silver uh, chalice? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I don't have a lot of theories about this other than the silver bullet thing with the, uh, um, the rabbit, rabbit. But I just thought it was, you know, 
it was interesting seeing, I, I, I'm assuming both of you saw it the second time, right? Oh, I saw it the first time I saw this movie. Yeah, me too. Because yeah. I'm, I'm hecka smart. I definitely noticed it. it it's yeah. like a fucking shiny cup. So well, it's we, like the we, only thing in the yeah. frame otherwise. She looks <laughs> yeah. at it briefly, but. So we're talking about the uh, Caleb has, he's died. He's been buried, but he returns and he's talking to his mother and uh, uh, he brings uh, Samuel back as well. Yeah. And that's when you get like the, like you said, the, the nursing scene, the breast. Oh yeah. And the, no, the actress, what's her name? Uh, Kate Dickey. Yeah, Kate, Kate Dickey. Kate yeah, she's Dickey. just uh, she's just so much experience with the breastfeeding thing. Yeah, dude, you won't let that go. No, I won't. I mean, <laughs> there's no way that crow rubbed her nipples raw as her kid did in Game of Thrones. <laughs> 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 but I do. Uh, yeah, that was one thing I definitely made a note of. Is you can see, uh, because I, I, I mean, obviously that's like not literally happening, I guess, or maybe it's a projection that the a sub spell that the witch is cast. Yeah. But like Caleb is not back. Samuel is not back. Um, but I think so what's really interesting I think about the um, cup in this scene specifically is the idea that earlier in the film Kate di- or Kate had mentioned uh, how uh, the devil appeared to uh, tempt Jesus right and here in this dream the the cup it, it feels like an element like she's like I'm not grieved of it you know I don't miss it like I don't like it's it's it, it because it represented something else but here it kind of says something else like was she being tempted by the devil, like a part of his collection of things, like because William sold it to the devil type thing? Because he, he made like that's kind of the the implication is like he made a a deal with the devil, and that's ultimately what drove them down the path for everything, finding sure. the hair and into the woods because they had to hunt that way. So, but I think it's interesting. Wait, so you think when he says he sold it to like a merchant, he didn't really sell it to a merchant? No, I think he did. But I think what's what's interesting is when you think of the narrative going them going into the forest, that causing a lot of the conflict and uh, with the witch as well. Wow, I actually kind of would have liked this better if it turned out that he was like he made a deal with the devil and sold this silver goblet. I think I think that's imp- I think that actually would have been yeah. really neat. <laughs> There's like a lot of little things in here that I think you could take that way. But what I think is interesting is um it adds it's an interesting way of uh of looking at the the chalice being a part of her temptation because it's also the her family, you know. It's it's Caleb and it's Sam and if you think of them as being uh stepping stones or like pieces of of her claim to authority as a Puritan woman. She doesn't have, she doesn't really have agency. It's only as a wife and mother. So that's the devil there. Look, I have your child, your children. These are the things that you want because these are your gender role and the same sort of thing. That's why the chalice is there as an element of something to tempt her with. And I think that's, that's, that's my idea of why it's there. I don't, that's about all though. I also think it could maybe be a criticism on kind of the idea maybe some of the ideals of Christianity where it's like, you know, uh, love one another, uh, kind of give up earthly belongings to follow Christ. And, but she's so attached to this like silver goblet. So maybe she has her own baggage along with that, where she kind of is overtly like very hardcore Christian, but then she still has this attachment to like worldly things. I think there there might be something to take. That worldly thing was representation of her dead father. Right. Yeah. Or whatever, which I think is like in the dream or, spell or whatever it's all things that she had lost and yeah and family yeah. members that's a, yeah. that's a good point too yeah i think that that's that's an interesting still don't understand why the crow has got the, the peck at her nip though 
I, so I honestly, I think that sometimes you can just have a creepy, weird thing. Okay, in a movie yeah. Just for the, because I, I can't, I can't like associate that with anything. I think I can. Okay. Not like crows are okay. also. How, how diggy deep in here, Calvin? I mean, how I'm deep a, are you digging here, Calvin? Okay, this not, is not, not a, a ton deep. Not a ton deep. <laughs> not not a ton deep. So crows are also associated with witches, um, yeah, and folklore, and I think it's interesting to think about how the witch, um, when she is in the goat hut, is drinking from the. Oh, uh, okay, 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 okay. And here the crow is drinking the milk or blood from from Kate's breast. It's the same type of thing. They're trying to steal the life. Of these people, literally sucking it out of okay. them. Oh, so the, I was thinking that the crow is another one of those witches. Yeah, that, that's okay. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. another one of the things that they can shape shift into. Yeah, because I I didn't think I, I didn't think a whole lot of the the crow in that. I just thought it was like a creepy bit of imagery. Yeah, and I think kind of what lends to that is like a there's like all these interviews with Robert Eggers where he's like. It sort of seems like he doesn't care what people think of his movie. I love that. Yeah, yeah. it's like no, I I made a good movie. You know, I'm just here because I'm contractually obligated. Yeah. to like talk about this. I'm here so I don't get fined. Yeah, exactly. But at the Except same time, Marshawn he loves Lynch. you, Marshawn. Yeah, Lynch. <laughs> yeah, he's the Marshawn Lynch of, uh, of, <laughs> of filmmakers. Oh yeah, that does make you like him a lot more. Yeah, but I but I do think there's like an element of like you know like when you get it like he'll engage with you like you know if you understand my vision of it you know he has that idea of like he's mentioned in the lighthouse like I have a certain level of ambiguity that i'm aiming for but like your critiques of it to me like uh, you just don't get it so yeah man. like I it's a deep film and like yeah you're just not smart enough to get there like, i just that's, really I think that's hope he listens that. to this and he's like wow that is not what i meant at all yeah <laughs> the hair like that dude jaden's like, right on top of it though yeah who, I just, who's bob <laughs> <laughs> i just hope he was like oh i just thought rabbits looked creepy and that's why i put them in like they had nothing to do with it just sure. something like that um yeah, because he has interviews where he talks about uh, people describe this movie as a slow burn, and he was like, "Yeah, people say that." He's like, "I never said that." Yeah, that's I don't. Not, I don't think like, that's not what slow, I think it is. I don't like, think of it as a slow burn either, because it goes too quickly to me. Like the pacing, like the the shot length is too is too quick for it to be a slow burn. <laughs> Jane rolled. Oh, literally up. yawning. Movies. <laughs> 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 we'll get to some slow burns. Burn slower and, than your prime times compared to this <laughs> Right. Uh, so do we want to move away from symbols? Do we have no? Because here too, this is a really other uh, important part: is the idea of the signing of the devil's book, and or a bargain with the devil. Because we kind of talked about that with uh, him selling the chalice, because he was trying to make up for the fact that he couldn't provide for his family, right? So he sold the cup so that he could get a trap and make up for his shitty crops, right? So that's part of it. So. Um, it wasn't his to give away, but witches were assumed to have made a deal with the devil for all of their powers. So the fact that this enters into um, a literal temptation of one of the characters is very interesting because it's if it's happened to Kate Dickey, did it also happen with the twins? Did it also happen with uh, with Caleb when he went to the the witch's hovel? And so you know, Kate mentions the idea of Jesus being tempted by the devil, and she's tempted by uh, the the devil. Clearly, I would say. Um, w- with her two sons, and it's like, and then the same thing at the end with Thomason. Like, wouldst thou like to live deliciously? I love, I, I love, love everything about that. He's like, I love. Would that. thou like the taste of butter? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, like that's like something. I I get it in the time that makes sense. Like that is living in decadence. Yeah. Right now, I can buy butter whenever I want. So hearing a <laughs> line like that, I'm just like. It's not goofy or anything, but I, I, I hear that line. I'm like, 
Okay, I get it because I have to. Uh, this movie does a good job of immersing me in that time period so that I don't think that line is goofy. But when I analyze it later, I'm like, liking the taste of butter. I can get butter whenever I want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I'm sure she was thinking, well, is it Kerry Gold? Yeah. Like, if not, <laughs> why? <laughs> what are you tempting me with? But I think, Kroger? But I think <laughs> when you're when you're immersed in the context of this film, I think it does a really good job of, like, butter would be, like, a really desirable thing. Like, all the stuff he says, like, that living in, like, lavish, like, living in decadence. I th- yeah. I think that whole thing is, like, done so well. And and that voice, I don't know who does the voice of that. I just Wahab Chaudhry. Wow. He's... And, it does a great job. And another thing, like Robert Eggers mentions, like he's like, you can't see the suit, you can't see Wahab, and he's just like one of the most beautiful human beings you will ever. <laughs> and I just he, he mentions it so many times, like in like in his interviews and in the commentary too. He's just like, you just don't. Ah, it's just a shame. That's just miss out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just like, why do they need to sign something? You can just have a verbal agreement with the devil, like. Yeah, it's going to take this thing to court, buddy. Like, what are you doing? Here? <laughs> yeah, we need, a, we need to be. He's all, this is my prenup uh, <laughs> soul cell. I, I think it works because it's like this physical finality. Yeah, no, it absolutely does. Doing. I'm just making a dumb joke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. But I do like that. It's like this, it's this, this pen stroke that is yeah. signing your life. Uh, she's like illiterate. So she's like, I don't know how to write my own name. And he's, he's like, like, I'll, I'll guide I'll, you. I, I will guide your hand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I will guide thy hand. <laughs> you, you rolled your eyes so I hard. I hate it so that. much, dude. <laughs> but you had, think, to, you had to say "thy," and that yeah. was like you were about done. That <laughs> but so now I think we can talk about like the witch. You know, the whole, the entire thing the, that the, this film is built on is around the archetype of the witch. And I think the genius of the witch, again, like we we mentioned before, that it works in three ways: taught family drama, beset by the elements. A psychic mindscape where Thomason exists as a mental projection of each family's uh, mem- members' inadequacies, the, the seven deadly sins and all of that. But also as allegory for Puritan society as a whole, where Thomason functions as the, as the shadow self of the Puritanical persona. I think this is really why Eggers is such a great filmmaker. He starts with an archetype, then creates great characters that embody the characteristics of the archetype, but also work as full individuals, independent of that archetype. I mean, Thomason is very much just a real girl in a puritanical household. So, so like, what are, what, and to that, what are witches then? Like, how do we think of witches now? Because I think that, that so like just like personally speaking, yeah. Like if I think of like a witch, like Sabrina or Hermione or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I mean, I, like, I I'm obviously joking, but like they're, no, they're strong, that... independent, intelligent women, and that's what I think of. And the, that's like literally all of the jokes, like Monty Python, all the jokes I make with my friends, like oh, lady back in 16th century, like she knew how to do math. Oh, burn her at the stake. She's a witch. Like yeah, that's literally how I think of them. It's like just oppressed, intelligent women. Yeah. I absolutely, and that's, I think that too, like, what, what are your thoughts, Connor? Like, what, when you say, when I say witch, what do you think? This is going to sound so bad, especially I don't after, think so. no, especially after like seeing, uh, like interviews with Robert Eggers and how he views witches and, uh, he talked about how he had nightmares, you know, he's uh, kind of consumed by witches, you know, and he feared them in a way. And that's kind of what played a role in him making this film. I don't think about witches at all, man. Like, I guess just like as an archetype, I think it is just someone who, is into the pagan arts, I guess. Yeah, I, like, I think I, that's 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 a part of it. You know, though. you know what I think. I guess if I want to bring it into like uh, contemporary, like uh, how does it affect, uh, or how does it play into what role does it have in society now? There's this subreddit called uh, 
which is versus patriarchy. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so it's um, in that aspect, it's like a empowering term for women. It, it It's women that stand up to the patriarchy. And so I guess that's sort of what I think of it now. Uh, but it's tough to put that in terms of this film because I don't think it really means the same thing, I guess. Uh, so, but but I, I yeah I guess I feel bad because I like I, I honestly I don't think about witches ever so I, I mean, it's always something that I don't, like so I'm like man you it's you my mind today you posed this question when you 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 sent us your script and kind of you you had these questions built into it and and I was thinking about it, I was like man I just don't it, besides like uh kind of the green lady with the big nose on a broomstick that's like my archetype of a of a witch that's exactly what i want to know because yeah. that's that's exactly the whole point of what of what archetypes are and why we make characters around archetypes because they they carry certain qualities like which as an archetype uh, witches embody evil they they're communing with the devil they're associating with the dark forces of nature they live alone they can fly they brew punk they brew potions or unctions they do magic they're Old and ugly, sexually deviant. They abduct children and either eat them or use their body parts for their magic, like specifically in the unctions. Like when she's slathering herself with the body, like there's a lot of sexual uh, connotations with the idea of a broom and the unction. They would sl- they would put it on their vagina, literally, so that they could fly. That was the whole point. She was building a flying potion when she was rubbing herself with with uh, Sam's uh, bowels and innards. Can I say that that is a great bit of diegetic sound? Oh, where she yeah. just like it's just like plop 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 plop, and then the score is building around that, but it's still sound that's happening in the scene too, and just every that that scene is uh, so disturbing. It's disgusting. But I, but I but I love that there is like a you can physically see where the sound is coming from. What do you guys yeah. think that was? Things like strawberry jam. What was that shit? Oh, what did they actually? Use? Yeah, uh, placenta. I think they got real placenta. <laughs> I mean, talking about you Robert see Eggers. good old Bob hanging outside the fucking hospital. Are you gonna do anything with that, or you, can yeah. I have it? I mean, <laughs> speaking of Robert Eggers and his authenticity, I wouldn't. Put <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, I feel bad that I don't have like a, a bigger opinion than just kind of basically like my idea of a witch is something you'd see in Scooby Doo. I don't think about this stuff very much. But you don't need to because it already exists there. That's the point. See, what that's what's we weird with the baggage. That's what's weird. It's like his perspective and my perspective are totally different because like the way I grew up viewing witches is like literally like Sabrina and Hermione. Like those are my two like very first introductions of witches in my life and they're very powerful like independent women. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so we'll get to the 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 evolution of the witch archetype yeah. more. But like, I do want to talk about like the witch's Sabbath too, specifically because we mentioned that earlier of all of the, yeah. You described that. Can you elaborate on that? Because I don't know what the witch's Sabbath is. Okay, perfect. So um, that's what I'm here for. So the witch's Sabbath is um, it's it's many like it's a it's a an organ uh, an organized gathering of witches where they would brew potions like like some of the the uh, the things that depicted of um, riding goats and like so a lot of the diabolical elements of of the witch stereotype are are in here it's like eating of uh, the eating of babies flying on goats dancing naked poisoning of wells desecration of hosts and the kissing of the devil's anus and like I'm with Tight. you, yeah. Okay. Like I'm with you all the way right there. I'm like whoa, whoa! Don't threaten me with a good time. Dude, that's what I'm saying, dude. I'm about it. Like I just, yeah. Guaranteed, like, I'm dressed up as the devil this Halloween, yeah. looking for some witches. Oh yeah, and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then you can just go around and be like, "What's thou desire? The taste of my pumpkin." <laughs> <laughs> 
Dude, you are way too good at that voice. <laughs> and then and then I just imagine there's like a, a deleted scene. She's just like rosebud. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, oh no. my god, Calvin. <laughs> Right, like was... I knew, I knew eventually I'd be able to to work in a Citizen Kane reference. I just never imagined that it would be about prolapse about rectums. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Citizen wow. Kane, one of the greatest movies of all time, in your opinion. I, I, I'm considered by scholars, but if, <laughs> if that's oh, the them. first time you've ever heard about, I'm sorry, it's not about that. It's very not sexual in nature. It's it's just a widely seen quote in film. I I am sure that the everyone involved in that film is totally stoked that you work that in they're as a joke like about. Dead. I'm sure they're they're all dead, dead now. So I'm saying <laughs> they're dead, so who cares? Maybe they're rolling over in their grave. They're with ro- laughter. They're yeah. Oh, hopefully, yeah. They're <laughs> they're so good. they're great. a witch and just has you know eternal youth from rubbing babies on themselves. <laughs> But yeah, so that's that's the the witch's Sabbath, you know that that and specifically the kissing of the devil's anus is referred to as the kiss of shame, and it's this idea of like they're so sexually deviant that they would, uh, you know, kiss the uh, the rectum of the de- of the damn devil. society has went downhill, boys. <laughs> uh, are there any other? What, what's more subtext subtext we want to dive into? I mean, let's talk about now the evolution of what the witch is like like you were saying like like the difference i think what's so interesting about this film and the idea of the witch archetype is specifically both of your attitudes towards the witch right now the idea that of a witch being a strong independent female um versus old scary and evil like why is there that split there and I, I want to know what your opinions are. Like, why why you think that's the case? I guess the thing is, like, I don't associate strong, independent women with being a witch. Like, I think a witch is a weird uh, mythical thing that just exists in tales. And I think a strong, independent woman can totally exist in today's society. So I don't, I I think of them as totally separate things. Like, I, w- I, w- I would never associate someone who has, a woman who has an opinion as a witch. And uh, the fact that that's, like, an empowering characteristic i think is i don't want to say it's like sad in a way but it's like oh. i don't think it's I, sad at all I, I i wish that you know it just it wasn't associated with anything it's i the same I kinda, thing when the girl's like i'm a bad bitch and like that's like a very respectable thing like for her to say like so that means that she's like in control of her own shit and, like she can do whatever she wants she's independent it's yeah. the same thing like like when like dudes used to call girls bitches or some people still do um it's like derogatory towards them it's demeaning but then women took that and empowered themselves with that term oh, and yeah. i think it's the same kind of way that they're doing this with this archetype slash character it's like especially i think sabrina's one of the first ones to do it it's like literally like hey we've grown up this whole time like our whole society's been taught like witches are bad women they do these things but like it's only because they speak independently they're outspoken all this stuff so like let's make them that like that's not a wrong thing to do so then there shouldn't be something wrong about being a witch either and i think that's where that comes from yeah. yeah, no, and I have no problem with, like, uh, that moniker being adopted by, like, strong, outspeaking women. That's yeah. not what I mean. I just mean, like, I never thought about it that way. And so, yeah. like, uh, like I, I would just, it never occurred to me to be, like, witch is an empowering thing. And, yeah. and all for everyone who wants to do that. I think it's great. Well, I think it's a huge thing, especially, like, 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 when I was in high school, we were worried about, like, Salem witch trials and stuff. Like, girls will literally show up the next day at school wearing witch stuff. 
I dress in all black. But like, yeah. those girls were just trying to be themselves and be human beings, and they got burned at the stake for it. Yeah, they got ostracized yeah. basically yeah. because they wanted to live alone. They weren't conforming to, and this is why I was making such a point of it beginning in the first part, because they didn't. Uh, subscribe to the gender normative roles they became something else they were okay if you're not going to be a part of society well then clearly you're evil you are a witch and right, that's right. that's it's a big part of that interplay there i think this is making me sound like i'm really insensitive to women that's i don't not think it I mean. does i just don't think that like my, yeah. my point is just i never like the way you view like the mythical creature of witch is just is not associated yeah with like i think you're thinking more of like women. wizard of yeah. oz thing yeah mm-hmm. I which never, like by the way i mean the good one's a witch too, so yeah, yeah, that's true. She comes out in a bubble dog. I never, I I've just, I just never associated those two things together. And to me, like, I, I would never think of a strong woman as being a witch, and I would never think of a witch as being a strong woman. I, I, I think of a witch that archetype as just being something mythical that never really existed. Uh, and that's kind of why I came to that conclusion. And this is, yeah, again, I'm, I'm not trying to knock any pagan belief or anything like that. I, I just, I never associated them that way. And that's why I like this discussion because I, I like a lot what you said, Jaden. You'd think of it like Hermione and like yeah. Sabrina, the teenage witch, and these are a, a strong female character embodying a witch character. Yeah, who who but is that's how I was introduced yeah. to them as a yeah. thing in my life. So that's why I view them that way. Yeah, yeah. I, I like I'd, like I just, if the first movie just, you yeah. saw was Wizard of Oz with a witch, like that's probably the way you're gonna view. <laughs> yeah, I think I watched mm-hmm. Wizard of Oz and Scooby Doo too much. To yeah, like really, really let me like be introduced into like that idea. But then again, I said there's like that subreddit, like witches against the patriarchy, and so that is a like that is a a title, a moniker that has been adopted by this community. That is, it means a lot to like women being able to speak up and and share their feelings and, yeah. and be heard. So uh, uh, while I understand it, I'm just saying that's not how I. Ever yeah, there's nothing. It. I don't think there's anything yeah. wrong with the way that you view the acronym witch yeah. or the archetype. I think I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm just. I, I feel like I'm skirting along the line of like. Oh man, I, I really hate women. <laughs> no, you're not. You're not. <laughs> and I think this is the perfect type of discussion. The fact that we do disagree, or not necessarily disagree, but we see all the elements of how an archetype works in, in society and within individuals. And all of that comes together in narratives. And that's why they function so many different ways. And that's why archetypes are such a, a useful thing as uh, as a, a, a character um, base and why Robert Eggers be, builds all of his characters out of them. It's because whether or not you like the character, whether or not you feel like what they're saying is what a real person would, you still have all of these these functions that they apply to in, in, in a social context. And so... So let's talk about like why why it's happened. Like why did the the witch evolve from what Connor your point is is like the the evil witch into Jaden's idea of the the powerful witch. It's like when you think of like Christianity becoming the dominant dogma in Europe, the church had to reconcile the existence of pagan beliefs and values. And like so you had witches and warlocks and druids they all needed to be demonized because they're associated with magic with a K and perceived evil. Like the consequences for the women were also twofold because not only were they uh, practitioners of magic, they also didn't conform to the biblical ideas of womanhood. So their communities extolled them and sought them out for their wisdom and powers, which is in direct conflict with women as servants and mothers. So witches then became archetypes of evil and treachery, but have been embraced by modern day women for their feministic qualities breaking free from the patriarchy and communing with one's natural self outside the confines of human culture and in within the realm of the mystical nature. 
Yeah, which is because you never hear about a wizard or a warlock getting burned at the stake. That's not something that is. Yeah, because once about. you because you could take that and just become a powerful priest or cardinal. That's yeah. why that doesn't exist as a as an archetype for men, and it does for women. And why it's hmm. so different now in modern culture, which I just think is I think that's I think like, it's dope that it's like empowering. Like I think it's awesome. I think it's a cool thing. Yeah, and I I also think about like the 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 ending of the film is, is fantastic, is fascinating. Like there's this, uh, you know, we're tapping into like all of these people pondering their greater significance of what it means to be a woman in Puritan society. And so it's like, is the, is the ending evil? Like, I mean, obviously, yes, in like a literal sense, I'm pretty sure the twins die. I mean, I, 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 I no one has any fucking idea what happens to the twins. All yeah. Right? I think, I think they get stolen and they're used for some of the potions at the end. Probably. That's, that's my idea. But you can also read it as an allegory for Thomason's uh, emergence from familiar punching bag to liberated individual. Exactly. And like that, thinks the whole big thing about Black Phillip was like brainwashing the twins, like making all of these things happen so he could eventually take thomas in that was his goal the whole time yeah can we with that do we want to move into some of our theories about this movie yeah i would love to because yeah i i feel like i feel like i've talked enough about the witch that we understand like i'm hoping that we understand like where where we all talk well where why we all think this way about witches and where they are in modern society i think it was a good conversation cal yeah. yeah. So I, I agree with Jane a lot uh, about the twins, especially Mercy. Mm-hmm. I think that they are like the cattle. Like this is why I think Mercy is maybe like the most important character to me, mm-hmm. which is what I kind of teased at the beginning of this one. She is the one who kind of builds up this kind of uh, mythology around Be- Black Philip. Yeah. And uh, and she's she's always singing these songs and. Uh, and I guess uh, Jonas is a part of that too, but but I, I feel I still feel like Mercy is like the driving character in this. Like um, during that like exorcism scene with Caleb, she's the one who's like, oh like, oh Thomason put a spell on me. I can't I, I oh I can't say my prayers anymore, and she like falls to the ground. And and so when I think of the witch in this movie, I I don't even think like the witch is like really involved. I like to think of it's Black Philip. It's 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 the devil. Uh, slowly turning everyone against uh, Thomason. And I think Black Phillip's goal or the devil's goal, however you want to, uh, however you want to put it, his, his end goal is to get Thomason. Like that's all he wants. He's like, she's, she's the one I really, I'm really after the way I get her is by turning her whole family against her. And so I like to think of this film as like a, uh, uh, like a, uh, a social commentary on like uh like maybe family abandonment, like uh, that mm. sense of uh, you no longer belong even in your, not only do you not belong to your family, you don't belong in your own uh, sho- like social circle anymore. Yeah. And so I think that's what makes this movie terrifying. It's not the witch. Uh, to me, the, the witch is, has almost nothing to do with this movie. I think it's this idea of, of, of being abandoned and left alone, like you have no one on your side anymore. And that's what makes this movie so scary, is Thomason is absolutely left alone. And I think Mercy is like the driving force behind that, because her, her songs become more and more prevalent throughout the film. And as they become more prevalent, everyone starts to turn against her. That's why, that's why I think Mercy is just a, a huge part of this movie. So um, <clears throat> I'm long, long. Along the lines of you are like very, very, very similar. Um, I think that the movie title is literally Thomason. I think Thomason is the witch. 
I think that like the whole thing is about her becoming the witch, and that's like the whole point of the movie, which is basically what you're saying. Yeah, no, I think the, and, like, the whole goal is to yeah, get Thomas. I think that's to why the title is called The Witch is because of Thomason, right. not because of the witch in the forest. Yeah, no, yeah, I totally agree. And uh, it's so, like one thing, like like along the lines of what you were saying, is like uh, William, uh, the father, like uh, when he's. Uh, like you see things like he is so emasculated and he's so prideful, but he's emasculated and everything he can do is like a man or a father. He can't grow crops, can't hunt. The one thing he's left to do is like, it's manly. He's like, I can cut fucking wood. And it's like literally his pride of like just being ma- like a man, like literally kills him at the end of it too. Which like, cause like the, all the wood falls yeah, onto him. I yeah. love that. Which is like of him, of like his, uh, his toxic masculinity, wherever the fuck you want to put it. It's right. like, that's what ends up killing him. Mm-hmm. I also like that. I'm going to cut you off You're a little fine. bit there. When he's chopping wood and he's kind of locked everyone in the barn, I think. Yeah. Uh, I think it's that part where he's chopping wood and, and that's when he gives out like this prayer. He's like, if I've done something wrong, like smite me. He starts eating children. dirt. Yeah. That's like one of the best scenes in a movie I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, which Robert Eggers loves making his actors eat dirt. Because, yeah. Because <laughs> Willem Dafoe gets just dirt the, thrown all, all over up in his mouth. <laughs> in uh, the lighthouse. It's better than what fucking Robert Pattinson gets, so... <laughs> So I, big old I, bucket of shit. I think that's a big point is like as as a human being, as the leader of this family, as a male, the only thing he is capable of that is productive is is chopping wood. And while he's doing that, he's like repenting. He's yeah. like, he's like, I I know I can't I'm not succeeding. Yeah. Take whatever you can from me to spare my children because this is all I have. Same me. He bought I, some more hammers and less axes. Yeah. But I think be a better dad. Some better traps. Yeah. But I think it's poetic to have him doing the one thing he can do and then apologizing while he's doing it. I yeah. Think, I think that that like works out like no, it's good. It's really a very well. good scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just yeah, along those lines, I just think that yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, Black Phillip is just like a little demon driving a wedge throughout this whole family just to make Thomason alone so he can get her. Yeah. That's the whole point. And that's why I think of the twins as being imps, because I, f- I think of them as devil's helpers. Like, they're just they being fucking look around. like them, too. Exactly, yeah. And I think, like, I tried looking up mythology of twins. I couldn't find a lot. It was generally, like, good luck. Like, and, like so, like, what it reminds me of is, like, in literally the cartoon movie Hercules. Uh, yeah. Pain, oh, those two little dudes. Uh, pain, yeah. pain and panic? What are those? Yeah, yeah. those guys. Yeah. <laughs> I love the part where he's wearing like the Hercules shoes. That's exactly what I just he's said. Like, yeah. He's like, I think they're kind of stylish. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. But the, the other thing I think that they, they, they kind of remind me of is the uh, is Hansel and Gretel, you know, going to the witch's house. I kind of wonder if they did find the witch's house. And that's kind of like, you know, building more of why. That might make like, sense why they're fat. Yeah, exactly. Or like they, they were, uh-huh. like they were bewitched early. Yeah, and and so that's. Uh, sorry, I'm I don't gonna, even know uh, if you need to bewitch a kid like that. I think you just have to like mentally trick them. Sorry, like, I'm going to steal more time, but like uh, again, I think that I think that it, in order for my theory to make sense, it's like they, the twins were like a part of this bewitching, whatever the witch did. Yeah. Or whatever Black Philip did, they were part of it early. Yeah. And that's what drives like the wedge, like you said, like yeah. between Thomason and the family. Yeah, I agree. That's uh, that's all I was saying. It's like I think that they could have been um, like if you think of them as two young children going to the witches uh, to a witch's house in the middle of a forest. That's kind of why I think that like they're just pulling like like the apple from uh, Snow White. We're just pulling uh, elements from other stories that exist in the collective unconscious, and that that's why they work. Because yeah, the witch like in the forest like not only was like Red Riding Hood, the witch from Snow White. Like there's so many different adaptations like of like 
the way that she looks. That's the first yes. thing I thought. I was like, yeah. oh, like right out of a of, of a, a fable, a fairy yeah. tale. Yeah. Yes. Like, yep. Exactly. And, and that's why, the, like, the tagline for this movie is a. Uh, um, what I'm sorry, I. I'm about to jump into what it is, and I don't remember. It's a New England uh, myth, right, or an, a uh, uh, a New England folktale. Folktale, like yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's and that's exactly why you have all of these elements taken from other folktales, is yeah. because they're meant they're meant to be in service of another one, because that's how folktales work. They're just elements of other stories that we keep telling ourselves and building in the collective unconscious. Do we have uh, do we have final thoughts on this one? Yeah. All right, Jaden. Um, what do you think of this one? We're doing ratings right now? Oh, yeah. Okay, let's figure out a good one. How many apples do you give this oh, one? Oh, I was going to give it Pro Pex. Throat Pex? Pro Pex. Pro Pex. Oh, my God. But it's okay. Apples will be fine. Apples is good. Yeah, throat apples. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give this one a six and a half. Wow. Um, which I think is pretty low for me for an A24 movie. Like I said, I'm not a huge fan of the dialogue and uh, the pacing of this movie. Um but there are great acting. There's great scenes. There's a fun discussion, um, which I almost did bring it up, but I'm not going to I'm gonna stick to my guns here. It's still a pass for me, but it's not where I'd like to see an A24 movie. Interesting. Or a Robert Eggers movie, because I think the White House by far outshines this one. Yeah, that's interesting. I do think that the lighthouse is better, but I think that the reason that I like the lighthouse better, there's actually, there's actually a, a couple times in the commentary where the, they're talking about the, um, some of the lighting that they that they did they did they did some things in post in post where they made some things darker um and he even mentioned like uh that scene where uh uh ralph innocent where william is chopping wood and eating dirt like ah, it's just like um he's talking about the um about blaschke the uh the cinematographer the dp um saying that he didn't like the lighting on the the shirt is too bright i was like yeah it's it it doesn't it's a little too bright in the in this sense it, it's kind of distracting like there are elements here that um they just perfected in the lighthouse with very uh they had to be so attentive to detail because they were shooting on film that they didn't in a way here and it kind of it kind of messes with the aesthetic in a few parts that i don't love the other thing too is that this film needs more time to breathe there, my favorite shot is when they're burying Caleb and they're in the bottom left of the frame um, and you have the woods in the background and you have the, the smoke coming out of the chimney in the house. And I just I just want to hang on to that shot just a few seconds longer. It cuts just a little too short. I just so again, it's the same sort of thing with enemy like I want more shots to go on just a little bit longer. So for that reason, it's a it's a nine point four. 9.4 oh, that, apples. A, Very a, high, Calvin. Yeah. It's it's a fa- I mean it, it's all of the Eggers charm, all of the fantastic yeah. cinema elements that I love. I like to think this film more is like abandonment by your family. And that kind of speaks to me a little bit cuz mm. there was a time where I had like a rough go with my family and that part of the film like really hit a note with me. And so I guess that's why I take that lens to this film. Um, I, I understand, like I said, all the imagery and, and all this symbolism that goes on with this, but I, I, like, I really like thinking of this as uh, Thomason being abandoned. Thomason is forced to turn to a society that is 
maybe not the most peaceful, maybe not the most like welcoming, but it's the only thing that is going to accept her. And, and, you know, she has all these like twists and turns that get her there. Like, like she kills her mom, which is a, a, a insanely brutal scene. She has like, no choice. I mean, her mom is trying to kill her, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think, I think of that as like the ultimate turn away from her family. It's yeah. Like, it's like now, now she's like, okay, I have nothing else now. All I have is to sign this book and move on and become a witch because this is, this is all I have left now. And so I, 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 I know maybe the point that there's much more depth to this film, but what I take away from it is is the kind of abandonment of family, and that to me is more horrifying than anything. Uh, to to not have to not have the people who should be closest to you accept you anymore, and and kind of the slow build of like every sibling kind of turns against her, her parents end up turning against her. I think that that is like that speaks volumes to me i'm i'm just like i'm like horrified watching this because i'm like oh my god these are i'm really close to my family if they like kind of turn against me this way and it in an hour and a half that that's crazy to me like <laughs> like like that that would like hurt my heart it hurts my heart watching this just because i'm like oh my god like i can't imagine that happening to me and so that's why that's what i kind of take away from this is 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 the family drama i actually like that aspect of it a lot more than kind of any of the subtext that's going on mm. and, and i don't think that's like it might be a shallow take on this uh considering all the stuff that's going on uh but but i really like it for that like that's enough for me um i do i love all the hair stuff though i i, I love that's it. so cool isn't it i especially love like uh, that the bible also has a thing about hairs and it to, sort of contrasts like the bible and like pagan beliefs i think it's awesome uh, I kind of agree with Jane though. I think this movie is a little bit too slow. Um, it's too slow a burn, I guess. <laughs> I'd like to let's ignite this bad boy. Yeah, you're one of those people saying it, not <laughs> not Robert. <laughs> yeah, not old Bob. Yeah, yeah. Bob. Uh, so I I probably put this at like a seven or eight. No, you have to give a a number, a real number. Is it a seven point five? Seven point five. Okay, I'll go right. <laughs> I don't want to have to do the math later and like ah, I have to round. That's right. You got your cool spreadsheet. I'm all about spreadsheets, man. All right, I think we're wrapping this one up uh, for Calvin and Jaden. I'm your host Connor, and I just want to thank you for listening to Now This Is Podcasting. <laughs>